I'm Troy Washington from KTBS3, and we welcome you to Education Checkup. We look forward to sharing the positives and the challenges of our local schools. We'll talk with education leaders, teachers, and community leaders, letting our community know what is happening and talking about ideas to share between schools and our community. We'll have new episodes every Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me introduce to you my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. We've been doing this a while and it's been a lot of fun. We've gotten to meet so many people who are doing some pretty impactful things in education. And today is no different. Not at all. I mean, we have met a lot of people with a lot of knowledge and doing a lot of great things here in Shreveport, Bossier and surrounding area. And uh, we're lucky today to have uh, Miss Judy Grooms, who's the principal at Cope Middle School. Uh, has been the principal there at 22 years. She's been at the school a total of 33 years. Uh, I can tell you that she's looked upon by her peers uh, as sort of a mentor to other education leaders. And, uh, and that's why we asked her to come talk about some really important things uh, that, we, that are really things that are in, uh, on the news today. And um, let me just start by saying you've been in the principalship for 20 years or so, 20 plus in school 30. Uh, what changes have you seen as principal over that period of time? What are the driving forces in, in education as far as change is concerned? I think there have been several. Uh, one of the ones that I've seen the most is the emphasis on academics because we had always an emphasis on grades, but now we're having more of an emphasis with test scores with uh, things for scholarships and opportunities for kids, especially during the time I've been there. But I can also tell you that socially there have been a lot of changes. Uh, used to when I first became an assistant principal, you would find notes that kids had passed in the hallway. You'd pick them up or teachers would hand them to you. And now you don't find that. You find cell phones, social media, <laughs> contacts. All the other things that are sometimes a little harder to know what's going on with kids because it's under the cover of that social media. So you, uh, you're still trying to get along. And then I think safety. We're having to concern ourselves a lot more in my time with making sure the school is safe, making sure that kids are behind locked doors. You know, those are things that you didn't think about a few years ago. Yeah. One of the things that we've talked a little bit about and we've heard from others uh, is the idea of safety as it relates to the emotional being and the safety of the uh, and the mental health safety uh, in schools. And you know, recently we've had a lot of discussion about bullying and what goes on with bullying. Uh, you know, uh, it's been going on in school for a long time, but it's changing. The whole idea of the bullying is changing. Just. Uh, Tell us a little bit about how you've seen this evolve and, and where we are today about trying to find a way to, to put, make an impact on this bullying behavior that's occurring. I think the biggest things I've seen in changes is we always had a group that you felt like you were close to, a peer group in particular, but now families are more transient. So your peer group changes all the time. You're meeting new people. We have 16% of our kids that are military kids. So they're coming in from all over the place. And what happens there is the kids don't have as much um, established friendships. So they're meeting new people all the time. They're interacting with new people. And I think that's a little harder 
because in middle school we're always comparing ourselves to someone else how I look how I act what my grades are how good I am athletically and so there's a lot of pressure on kids these days that when I first started in middle school you didn't feel that uh, the kids seemed like they pulled for each other it's a little bit more competitive now. Uh, sometimes they pull together if they're winning, but if they're not, then they kind, of, they kind of pull apart from each other. You know, they want to point the finger or blame. And honestly, when you think about it, that's a little bit of how society is right now. And we're a reflection of that. Schools are just a, a little small ecosystem within the larger ecosystem of society. And I, I think kindness has gone a little bit by the wayside. That's even in the adult world that you see. We're a little bit more me-me oriented and, and more taking care of ourselves and not interacting or taking care of everybody. Now, that's looking at it on the negative side. But realize there are positives in that too, where you see a lot of groups pulling together, wanting to do well with each other, wanting to help each other out with students, particularly students with disabilities, including them in all the things that we do. Uh, students that are military, we ha actually have a military club that helps with kids that are coming in new to the school. Uh, so I think, I think it's, it's just a little bit more of a division and we're still trying to unite that together. How do you, and that's the hard part. Uh, yeah. How, how do you handle the issue of uh, the uh, in a situation where uh, there's some disharmony uh, between kids and school? How do you deal with the bully issue, and mm -hmm. how do you deal with the person that's being bullied? How how, how do you deal how with that those work? issues? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing we have to do as teachers and as educators on the campus is make sure that we address it. You cannot push it under the rug or go by the wayside or boys will be boys, girls are just mean to other girls. That's not what you end up doing. Uh, I think the majority of adults that deal with it have to be good listeners because kids aren't gonna to come to you if they don't think you're going to do something about it. So you have to listen to what their concerns are. I've met actually with three or four today. <laughs> a parent came in with a child this morning, and then I've met with two students who just came in on their own. But I think they're seeking help, but most of all, how do I handle it? What do I do? Um, and not to turn around and start becoming bullyish yourself. Uh, back when you and I were in school, probably you too when you were in school, <laughs> you remember middle school or junior high. You remember that there were issues that, that people had, but the words were more like fat, four eyes. You know, they, they made fun of each other's looks more than anything else. Now it goes deeper than that. And because they can hide sometimes behind social media, uh, more anonymous, then that makes it a little bit harder too. So you have to address it. You ha we're mandatory reporters, so anything that happens on campus has to come to me and to my school resource officer for us to make sure that we deal with. We have uh, a bullying form that the State Department has put out for us to address. You have to interview the child. You interview the in the presence of the parent. You also have to talk to the alleged bully 
in the presence of the parent. They have to be invited to that too, and any uh, people that they can see that would be witnesses or know more about it. So it's complicated. You just brought something to my memory because now I can remember that I was a part of that first group that kind of transitioned into social media mm -hmm. because we had MySpace when I was in high school. It was, <laughs> so MySpace was a thing, and Facebook was so new that nobody really used it. Mm -hmm. Can we imagine that now? <laughs> Facebook was a new thing. And Instagram hadn't even become, no. you know, a thing. So we were really looking at our principles saying stay off of MySpace. Mm -hmm. But it, it hadn't even become what it's, it is now. So I was a part of that kind of that class that was transitioning into what would be that cyberbullying mm -hmm. and what goes on online follows you offline. So... The digital, the, the digital footprint that they're talking about now too. Well, in our time, the, the children started going from the MySpace to Facebook. And then when they realized parents were on Facebook, it wasn't cool anymore. <laughs> so they went on to other avenues. And you know, MySpace, then Facebook, then it got to where they were doing more things like Snapchat, Instagram, and now TikTok. Yes. TikTok's the thing that they want to do. If there's any situation that happens at a school, the first thing that happens are the kids get out their phones. They're going to take a picture or they're going to record something because they do have phones on campus. It's just that we have a one-to-one -one computer ratio so they don't have to use them for the academic purpose at all. They have, some of them have phones that are much more high dollar than mine is too, <laughs> that they bring to campus. And we're talking about sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. That, and what happens with us is occasionally something starts on the weekend. They'll send comments to each other. Again, that anonymous part. Uh, some of it, you can't decipher who it came from. That's the hard part too for us. And then if they bring it to school, it's something that we have to address more. Uh, sometimes it comes to school on Monday. So Monday, you're not sure what's gonna end up happening, who's gonna be mad at each other. The girls do more of the rumor meals. So-and-so was doing this over the weekend, or I saw her cheating on her boyfriend, little things like that. The guys don't do much of that, but the guys are the potsters. You remember those in school? school? This is middle school. It goes from one girl, this is what they said about you, this is what they said about you. It goes back and forth. Telephone. And it's really, yeah, we call them potsters. <laughs> because they stir the pot. They kind of keep it going. So we have to usually get to the bottom of it. We have to involve the parent so the parent knows what their child is doing because some parents have no idea of what their child was doing. They, they know that they're on social media, but they don't know that they're being mean to each other. Let's, let's <clears throat> expand that out a little bit to the, mm -hmm. I think we've heard a lot from others about social emotional learning and, mm -hmm. and, and the information you gave back to us you talked about some of the things related to social emotional learning, dealing with the whole child, mm -hmm. and 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 of course that that takes in all of it. Yes, I mean, it does. If you deal with the whole child, you're you're dealing with that. What we used to call character education in my day, I think, is the social emotional mm -hmm. learning, which is even better. So talk a little bit about what you're doing uh, in the school to reach out and deal with the whole child, not just the academic being. I think what most schools are doing, and we'll, we'll address that kind of generally, and then I'll talk more about what we're doing on our campus a little bit. What most schools are doing is to try to involve the family 
as well as the child. We do, at, at Cope Middle School, we do what we call teaming. Our kids are assigned a team, it's a homeroom team, and they basically move with those kids throughout the day to their academic classes. That helps because just like your family or your family, we get to know each other. They knew when I was in school I was the talker. So they understood that Judy's a talker, you know, she's gonna talk. You also know the child that maybe is quieter and you work with each other on that. It develops a really community. We name them, we have different themes that we talk about. This year we're changing the world. So we have things like Warriors of the World, we have uh, Wide World of Sports, you know, we have the kickers, <laughs> we have the, the kids that are involved like that, and then we have the kids that are uh, just involved in something that they can dress a little bit like that. Instead of having the Cougar of the Week, we're having the Spartan of the Week or the Viking of the Week. It, it just adds a little bit of sense of community. And a big school, we're at 800, big school, then you're a little part of a smaller group. When you go and, and change classes every time and you're changing with different people, every minute you don't really develop that as much as you do when you ha are, have a common group that you belong to. We also do the teaming of teachers. So. If we were three teachers here, I taught math, so if I were math, you were English language arts, and you were science, we shared the same kids for the most part throughout the day. So I could come to you, because we planned together, we have lunch together, I could come to you and say, hey, I'm having a problem with John, how is he in your class? And you might say, no problems, no problems. I'll go, okay, then I have to deal with that. But if you all are all having, we're having an issue with John, or we see John's sleepy all the time, or John comes to school and he's always wanting to get something to eat, then you start thinking about how can we help John, and you have a common bond because you all teach him. So I think that helps a little bit there too. We do have classes uh, that work with that. Our PE, mainly through our PE, is where we do a lot of this. Uh, we do address the bullying situation about being the, the bully, the victim, the bystander, because that's an important role. The bystander is probably the most important role, to be quite honest with you, because that is where we can get information to see really what's going on. And they can help stop that as long as they don't become part of the problem, they become part of the solution. And that really helps a lot there too. You've talked about that before, the bystander yeah. role. and. Um yeah, it's uh, loyalty to the absent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the person that's there at the time can make a great impact yes. if they simply don't go along with the flow. Mm -hmm. uh, the change agent that changes the whole uh, tenor of what's going on. Yes. You know, I mean, I think that is, uh, you know, the, that's to be taught. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her that I taught that in Sunday school for years and years and years. <laughs> that's but right. it's equally as important to teach in school you know, as to how we treat each other. That's that kindness mm -hmm. and that's that loyalty and those kind of things that you talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. You, uh, let me just ask you a couple, couple of things about uh, some things that you had written down yes. about uh, uh, thinking about. One is uh, you talked about the general display of manners. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you talked about being kind to others. You talked about self-control of emotions. Yes. Can you go over and- Some of that? Uh -huh, some yes. of that. I think as a society, we're seeing that as adults, we're not always as kind to each other as we could be. So you have to model that. You have to talk to kids that. If I'm walking down a crowded hall and I bump into you with backpacks, they're bumping into each other all the time because the backpack's on their back and it mm -hmm. sticks out. So 
if I bumped into you, the first thing I would say is, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. That's not what happens. You bump into a child, they want to push. Oh, get out of my way. So talking to kids and teaching kids about how to handle a situation like that is important. And I know parents do that, but parents aren't with them when they're in a crowded hall with 250 kids changing class, trying to hurry up and get to class. So that's important. Just the, we know how to act in different ways. I go to a football game or a basketball game. I have one personality on display. I can yell and cheer and I do, I'm loud. So you hear me there. <laughs> But I also know I can go to a nice restaurant and I act differently, or I go to church or a play and I act differently. Our eighth graders are getting ready to go to the Strand soon uh, to one of the uh, Edgar Allan Poe things that they're doing because it goes along with our curriculum. A lot of kids never experience that. They don't go to a play. They don't get to see that. So you have to involve those activities within your school setting. Our seventh grade group just finished a, a group last week a learning unit just before fall break where we did social development for the week. We taught the kids about a formal setting, writing thank you notes, people don't do that much anymore, but writing thank you notes, flag etiquette, how to be a patriot in an assembly, uh, the things that kids, you know, they know about but they don't. In PE we did ballroom dancing, the box waltz, we also did line dancing because you got to keep them going, the cha-cha and some of those things because they, they don't really like to touch, yeah. 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 don't always want to touch, you know, and especially with COVID, we had to kind of backtrack yeah. that. They're actually on opposite sides of the gym, just <laughs> modeling with each other here. But, and then we have so culminated that with a luncheon uh, off campus site. They dressed in nice clothes. We had a dance before with the ballroom dancing before they left. The parents served the food, so now you're involving community and you're just teaching social graces. And parents love it, particularly. You know, they always like, oh, that unit y'all did with when the kids had the ballroom dancing and dressed up and stuff. So that's important. You know, you think people would normally be kind to each other, but that's not always the case. So you have to model that. You have to make that important on your campus. And you have to talk about that in your classroom. So over and over. It's that modeling I think that we've heard about so much that mm -hmm. if we can model this in school that's about the only way we're going to really be able to change it because mm -hmm. outside of school it, unless we change the way we're <laughs> acting now uh, as adults they're not going to see it. So yeah. to see it, it's going to be, you know, I think it's wonderful that schools are taking mm -hmm. on that responsibility to say, you know, this is something we really need to do uh, because if there's going to be culture change in a mm -hmm. positive way, it may end up there. With Starting with that. Yes. Yeah. And you've well, been there, I was going to no. say, you've been there 20 years, so mm -hmm. it wasn't always like this, correct? Were you able to kind of establish that culture? Or did you notice that there was a need for the students to see us model the behavior mm -hmm. that they need to, we want to see from them? I think any long-term educator would say to you the difference in what they do now. But you had full community support when you first started. You know, you had grandparents, you had aunts and uncles, people lived closer to each other. We're more transient now. My children grew up away from grandparents. You know, they had us, but they didn't have grandparents or aunts or uncles around. So we become the aunt or the uncle. A lot of that comes through the school. We are required now to do a lot more things. You mentioned character education. A lot of stuff, the home took over that responsibility. And what I've seen in my time is more and more of that. Parents are busy. 
They're, they all love their children. They want to do well by their children, but they're working. Or they're having to go out to earn. It takes more money now. So they're having to do things that are different too. So we are, we're a lot of a jack of all trades that we're doing other things within the school system. And you have to accept that. It's not going to go back to the way it was. I do see that children, uh, we have a lot of kids that are from extended families, um, single parent homes, living with grandma. We have kids that go uh, two days with mom and then two days with dad. They're changing households because of the divorce. We have, uh, the other day we had a parent that came that visited and their children had three different names three different last names because of three different marriages. I mean, those things happen. It is a society as we have today. So blending that, keeping that going, letting kids know that you're there for them and what can you do to help them. You have to look at it with that way. I can tell you in that time, I see more mental stress on kids. COVID did not make that better. It made it harder for kids. There's a lot of stress to do well, to get the grades, to make sure I'm the best athlete I can be, best dancer or cheerleader. Mm -hmm. So they've got a lot of pressures on them now. And if there's one change that I could see in my time, I was a counselor too, it's the mental things that we're seeing from kids. Stress on themselves, the, they have to be a great athlete, or they have to be pretty. I had a little girl in my office yesterday or the day before, and she didn't feel like she was pretty. Now, she looked beautiful, but she had dark hair. I said, what would you change about yourself if you could? Well, I wish I had blonde hair. And I said, well, can I tell you something? When you get a little older, you can take care of that. <laughs> That's easy. Said, That's yeah. easy. I said, you want blue eyes? You get those contact lenses. There's a lot of things <laughs> lot that of things you, you can, can do. do. Uh, to change your look, but I said eventually you become a little bit more comfortable in your own skin. We all want to be a little different than what we are. That's what makes it fun. But uh, and that made sense to her. Yeah. You know, it makes sense once you start thinking about it and talking and listening. Well, this has been a really a great conversation, and we've learned a lot. And this focus on the whole child, I think, for us in the community, you know, we have to be careful in what we're doing. You know, we 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 need to be more kind and have manners. Yes, we do. <laughs> all the things that, that our parents taught us uh, and now our school is teaching us, we need to carry it on. So uh, we really appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to talk with you. You bring such a wealth of experience. Uh, and uh, He means age. <laughs> No, 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 Definitely no, no. Wisdom. <laughs> I mean, seriously, two decades at a middle school, you are a godsend. <laughs> I like these kids. This is a good age group, really, because yeah. they—it's never a dull day. I can tell you. I believe you, you go home tired, but it's never a dull day. I do believe you. Well, we've really enjoyed having you on, you. and I think this was a really exciting episode. I can't yeah. wait to listen back. Yeah. Well, guys, Thank you. we'll have new episodes. Every Monday, and you can find KTBS Education Checkup wherever you listen to podcasts.